Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. 2022, hard to believe. Welcome everybody online. Um, thanks for being here at the early service on a very, very chilly morning, huh? Um, but it is improving out there. It's an amazing day, huh? Bluebird day. Who's, uh, boy, who's been enjoying this outrageous snow, huh? Anybody been out skiing in it? Hopefully, everybody? Golly. Um, I think it's probably the best that I've experienced in a long, many, 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 many years, for sure. So really excited for what that does for our community, right? Um, and our city in many ways. So uh, that's a real blessing uh, from the Lord. All good things, right, come, come from the Lord. A um, couple things, gang, I want to uh, just uh, pray before we get into the Word this morning. Um, I don't know, I'm sure everybody heard about all everything going on in Denver with the Denver fires. I want to pray for that. We've got a church, you know, uh, Michael Miller and the Reclamation Church we kind of work with there, and they're right next to that whole thing, so they'll be involved in that. So we, we'll be sharing any some ways possibly that we can help out or uh, for sure pray, but uh, just devastating, incredible. Um, and just obviously for uh, all the sickness and everything, um, just uh, want to lift that up as we start this new year. Um, but we are back in Revelation, and uh, we're picking up at chapter 6, which is um, uh, a tough chapter, and, and it's a big transition into um, this book. But we are going to finish this book, um, come back to it. We've talked to a lot of people, and uh, most of the time, a lot of people bail out at the beginning of this book. And I'll talk this morning about the blessing of Revelation and moving into 2022, thinking about a new year, a new beginning. I uh, wanted just to frame some things, give us kind of three questions, three things to think about for this year. How can we come under this incredible blessing right from the Lord and, uh, and receive what he has for us? Um, the book of Revelation is the only book that comes with a promise from God for those who hold it and keep it and read it. And uh, so we're going to talk about what that looks like for 2022 for us to hold on to that promise. Um, but with that said, let me just pray. Let's just take a moment and pray um, this morning. Father, uh, we thank you, Lord, for another year. We thank you for 2022. Lord, we lift this up to you. Lord, we know that every year, every breath, Lord, every day is a blessing from you, Lord. That uh, Let us not take it for granted, Lord. All good things are from you, God. And we worship you, we praise you, we give you thanks for that, for the snow. And uh, Lord, even in the tough things, Lord, we lift up all those in Denver right now, Lord, we just trust, Lord, you'd raise up your church there and others, Lord, to serve and to meet the needs. And uh, Lord, uh, just the stories are incredible, but also the stories of, of people opening their homes and just some incredible stuff happening. Um, Father, we just ask, Lord, that your grace and your mercy would just pour out there. And uh, Lord, we love you. I thank you for 2022. And uh, Lord, we just pray this morning you give us ears to hear, Lord, a heart to receive, God, this promise, this blessing that you promise those who will read this book, Father. And uh, Lord, I just uh, pray that you'll help us uh, awaken, Lord, to this promise and embrace it, Lord. Lead us through this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, well, um, 
a couple of things just tagging on Dan as well. I think, gang, let us know. Starting 2022, all things are new, schedules and everything else. We'd love to talk to you about different ways to get involved in, uh, in the community. We'll be launching different things. Dan obviously will be talking about that in the Next Steps class. But I just, um, and I'll, I'll uh, kind of lace this through this message here. I, I encourage you, I plead with you, as a follower of Jesus... Learn in 2022 what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. I plead with you, learn what it is to truly follow him. And that is not a journey in isolation or alone. That is a journey that we have to go with others, just like Jesus and the 12. And I just highly encourage you to really pray about stepping forward and talk to us. We'd love to uh, facilitate, right, men and women into these uh, little Jesus communities, these little discipleship groups um, to make that journey. So uh, I just give that to you to something to throw into your 2022 kind of goal setting uh, schedule. Uh, I hope that that will rise uh, in priority um, this year. All right, so back in Revelation, <clears throat> uh, a couple other tools. Daily Audio Bible is fantastic. A lot of our folks have been doing that every day. It's amazing. Check it out. It's wonderful to get through the Bible. Another incredible resource that Preston shared with us also, um, which Preston's, hopefully you took some, a chance to, if you haven't heard his message, we'll get it out on the email this week. Um, the church was closed last week, so you'll get that. Go listen. Uh, check out Not So Boring Bible. Um, the other one is the Bible Project. And I can't um, encourage you enough to go there um, as we dive into Revelation, because we're stepping into chapter 6. I'm going to give a quick background, but uh, the Bible Project has online a place you can go and actually find a quick overview of the book. For Revelation, it gives two, kind of cut in half, and it gives you this incredible graphic video, um, um, and it does it for every book of the Bible. And so I would just say, before you even study a Bible, like even in daily audio Bible, if you're in Genesis, go to, to the Bible Project, look at their, how they put it together and give you a background so you have a foundation before you get into that book. Amazing place to start. And I encourage you to go back this week and to go to the BibleProject.com and just look at the, um, <clears throat> what they have on Revelation. It just gives a summary of the book, and it'll just give you a great foundation, get you caught up and dive in where we're going to dive in um, this morning on that. So as I mentioned, Revelation is the only book in the Bible that comes with an incredible promise. And in chapter 1, John, who gets the revelation from uh, Jesus, uh, it's Jesus, the revelation of Jesus, mediated through an angel to John. Verse 3 says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it, and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Um, and then if we go to the very last chapter, uh, verse chapter 22, starting verse 6, at the end of Revelation, John says this, And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants, that's us, what must soon take place? And behold, Jesus says, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. 
And uh, so I want to just talk about what this blessing is and uh, how, how we can live under it as we study and we dive into this um, book here in at least the first part of 2022. And three questions uh, I just uh, want us to think about. I hope you'll put these into your grid when you think about, you look at your year. And the first one is this, is am I growing in my hunger to hear the voice of God? Am I growing in my hunger to hear the voice of God? Now, at the end here, we're going to flip this and turn it into a prayer. God, 2022, increase, increase my ability to hear your voice. Increase my hunger. It starts there, right? If I'm not hungry, I have to pray for hunger. If you know people in your family, in your you know, friends that are just not hungry for God, COVID and all this stuff we've been through has just caused them to step back and they're just kind of living life and... Yeah, just kind of pulled back from God. Man, the way is we pray, Lord, increase their hunger. If you have a child that's kind of wayward, that's just not concerned about God anymore, or friend, this is the prayer. Lord, increase their hunger. The Holy Spirit has to awaken that fire, that desire to be with God's people, to hear God's word, and to hear his truth. Increase, right, our desire to hear the voice of God. The second question um, and these questions are what allow us to live under this blessing of revelation. The second one is, um, are we growing in our confidence in the gospel of Jesus? Are we becoming more confident in the good news of Jesus? It might seem like a basic question. It's real important to understand the, the, the word confidence. And we'll break that down here in just a minute of what that looks like. But are you confident, more and more confident when it comes to the glory of the good news of Jesus Christ? And uh, this is going to fit primarily under this blessing that comes of holding this prophecy. And the final question is this, are we growing in our hope about the end of the world? Now this is an interesting one, isn't it? Are you hopeful about the end of the world? And this is one of the reasons why this promise is in here in, in this incredible prophecy. God's people are to long for the return of Jesus. We're to long for the end to come. We're to long for it. And it is to increase our hope. It's not to be something we shy away from and that concerns us. And so if we're going to live under this promise, there is this thing that comes. There's a hope of, of the end. I'm not, there's not a fear. There's like, Lord, come. In the meantime, we'll talk about the role of being salt and light and uh, the role that God gives us, right, to, uh, to be a blessing, right, um, uh, unto this world. So those three questions really work together. And I'm just going to throw something else out there. I don't have time to dive into this too much, um, but for you to think about it. Each one of those questions and this idea in, of embracing this book of, of Revelation, which is the revelation of Jesus, it is his return. It is more detail than we will, we will get into it, right, about what is coming. And it is to increase our hope. It is to strengthen us as a church. And as it says, we're to read it aloud. That's not just what we're doing here. It's out there. To read this as a testimony, right, to the world of good news, right, and hope uh, that is coming. And, uh, and consequences, right, uh, as well uh, for that. Uh, 
So the three words when it comes to our identity, and we'll get more into this, but the first one of these words is prophet. Did you know that all the way back in the Old Testament is that Moses, his desire and God's desire is that all of his people would be prophets? And do you know now, if you know Jesus, according to Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit comes, all of his sons and daughters will prophesy. And to prophesy means I have to listen to the voice of God. I have to have a hunger for the voice of God. So that I can, because God wants me to be a vessel, streams of living water, that the voice of God comes to me, and I give a blessing from me, from God, to directly to other people. And we are to be prophets. And so this idea of a hunger for the voice of God, it wells up this identity. It's not just a spiritual gift. It's actually an identity piece of the people of God, which I just read in Revelation 22. This is written to you, the servants of God, the prophets Right, this, this, um, this beautiful thing that, that God opens up um, to us. So that's the first P. These are three Ps. The second one is this idea of being a priest. And do you know that you are a priest? Now, if you come from a certain, I know, religious background, that might just kind of flip you out. Like, wait a minute. You know? And for some, maybe that's not a very positive uh, definition. But let me just break this down. And like I say, we'll come back to this more. But I encourage you to think and dwell on these according to Scripture. Is a priest in the Scripture, First Peter especially, calls us priests, a kingdom of priests. And God doesn't want just a certain number of people. He wants all of his people to be priests. A priest mediates, brings blessing to God. And a priest also brings the blessings of God to the world. And our duty, our calling, if we're going to, and this all centers around this second question of, am I confident in the gospel? Is I'm not going to be able to minister, worship, and, and give God glory, understand what it is to be in the house of God and be a person of God, uh, of giving Him praise and the importance of praise and ministering to God. Do you know that if you follow Him, is that He desires you to minister to him is we're to minister to God. And it's a whole framework of understanding is that I'm saved to minister to God. And that's worship, that's prayer, it's service, everything like a priest. And in turn, I am to bring the things of God, the goodness of God, the promises of God to the world, right? It's this two-way thing. And uh, we'll get more into that, but I, I can't do that. Right? If I don't have this overwhelming sense of confidence in the gospel, what it is, the fullness of it. And, um, and especially as we get into Revelation, especially as we're going to get into chapter 6 and see the boy. If I don't have a full confidence in the gospel, this is going to rock my world. I'm, not going, to, I'm going to flee from this. I'm going to look at it as, whoa, I, that's too heavy for me or whatever it is. I'm not going to have confidence in the gospel. The final P is pilgrim. And do you know that all through the New Testament that you, the church is defined as exiles, strangers, aliens in a strange land, strangers in a strange land, citizens of heaven, pilgrims. This is not our home. This is not our home. And these three identity markers of the church and a follower of Jesus have to be fleshed out. And, uh, and that final question of, am I hopeful in, in what revelations? Am I hopeful of what is to come? 
And we see the journey of God's people in the Old Testament as exiles, right? And God took them, right, from Egypt, right? And then you have Babylon and you have these exile thing. In the early church, in the New Testament, you see this exile idea that the church being this people who, who um, are the people of God, who are the salt and light of the world. They're not the majority. Now, hold on to this is we see in the scripture is the church was always most powerful when it was the minority, not the majority. The church was always most powerful when it did not have power and politics behind it. Now that might rock your world a little bit, but we'll come back to that. I challenge you to look at scripture and history on that, right? The church, right, is to be set apart Something that's alive, a community is the kingdom of God, right? Existing, a beautiful thing that is an expression of the family of God that is to be this ministering out, taking the goodness of the things of God into the world, right? And so um, those are the three things I just leave you with thinking this year. If you want to walk under the blessing for 2022, say, Lord, I I want the blessing. I want, I want to lay hold of this blessing that the book of Revelations. I don't want to shy away from this book. I, I, I want to dive in here. I want the blessing that you talk about. Blessed is the person, right, who reads it aloud, who holds on to it, who keeps it, obeys it, right? That's, that's tenderly holds and honors it, right, and listens to it continually. And um, that's what our prayer is, right, for our church and our community here. All right. So let me get into chapter six. Chapter six, folks, is, is we've been journeying up Revelation is tough stuff, right? Let me just going to say it. And from here on out, it gets tough. And we're going to dive into some of this detail. Let's engage on this stuff. And, and I want to just give you a few things to, to hold on to, to understand prophecy, to understand kind of God's scheme, the way he's communicating uh, to John is writing this to us. And some kind of handles to make sense of this whole thing. Uh, I just say out of it, if you've read books that, you know, talk about interpreting some of this language as helicopters or nuclear bombs or anything, just get rid of all that junk. Just get rid of it. If you've read any of that junk out there, it's setting times or anything, get rid of that junk, okay? Come to the book afresh and anew, right, as God's prophetic word to us, a prophetic people to hear the voice of God, Right and to be strengthened and the promise of Daniel as the time gets closer, the spirit of God will reveal to the church that has ears open to him the greater details of what God is doing here. And what we need to hold on to is, is the, the full understanding right, of the message here and not jump ahead to some detail interpretation right, of time setting and everything. We need to think as a prophetic people. We need to think right, as those in the New Testament, Old Testament did, of how God communicates and how he lets something sit with his people and he fleshes it out. He's changing our heart to prepare us, right, and to bring forth greater influence, right, in the world for his goodness. And uh, so with that said, chapter six, we come, just a little background. Again, I encourage you to go to the Bible Project. Amazing, amazing tools there to give you a great background. Beginning, it starts right with chapter 1, the revelation of who Jesus is, right? John is on the island of Patmos. He's, he's um, uh, uh, exiled there. Um, again, there's that theme. And he hears, he hears and is received this revelation. 
from Jesus himself. And he sees, he's taken, has this vision of the glorified Christ in heaven. And that moves us into this letter. This is a real letter that was written historically to seven real churches that represents seven again in prophetic language is completion. It's not just those seven churches in history. This letter represents a message for the church throughout all of history for us today, right, as well. And so this principle we've talked about before of already but not yet is as we read this, this is going to reveal certain things that have already been revealed throughout history, right, at specific times in history as well as in general in history but also giving insight to something that is yet to come that is a fulfillment, the the climax as such, of all those things in history that should be opening people's eyes to say and to wonder and to think and to seek God because of these things, the birth pains and everything else that are happening in the world leading right to the end. And so that's important to understand. That's why... We get into the interpretive understanding of this that we don't, some people come to it and they think it's all fulfilled in the past. Well, that is a complete, right, missing of the mark. Some people come to it and say it's all future. Well, that's missing it too, right? It's this blend. There is this, it had legitimate meaning to those seven churches that it was originally written to living under Babylon, which was Rome at the time. And uh, a lot of tough stuff is it had legitimate stuff, but also it pointed them ahead to a further, right, fulfillment, the ultimate fulfillment. And we'll see this, we'll see here, even with the seven seals, we see stuff that's unleashed. At the very end, we'll see uh, the end, the final thing. And so just a little uh, outline here, you have... Uh, in chapter 6 is the unleashing um, or unpeeling uh, of the seals off the scroll. So after the seven letters, chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation, that were given specifically to the seven churches, again, to all the church as well, we move into chapter 4 and 5, which is the throne room. And John is taken in to see this glorious vision of, of God. And in chapter 5, it has the lamb who's slain in the presence of God, and God's holding a scroll, and the scroll itself is, is the, uh, it, it's the history. It is the purpose of the world. It is the time, what is going to happen, where are things headed, and who is worthy to, un, to take and read the scroll? Who is worthy to answer the big questions in life? And there's only one, and that's Jesus, and he takes it. In chapter 6, where we dive in this morning, in our study, it has Jesus taking off the seals, and he takes off the first six. We'll move through this book into after the seven seal judgments, it moves into seven trumpet judgments and to the final seven bowl judgments. And, and it's important to understand that each of these three are really just retelling the same thing a different way. Okay, and they all, again, are speaking of things that have been unleashed in the world and things that are moving towards the end. And it just, each of these judgments just kind of move with greater intensity and greater detail, right, towards um, the end of of what is happening. Um, So with that said, let me just read for us the word of God this morning, Revelation 6. This is where most people bail out of Revelation, right here. And they don't come back. Meaning that they bail out of the promise that is given in this book. Meaning that they shy away of confidence in the very gospel itself. 
if I cannot understand and receive this, means I don't have confidence in the full understanding of what the gospel of Jesus and the good news is all about. Okay? So we don't want to shy away. We want to step into this very humbly and, uh, and dependent on the Spirit of God to lead us and, and to encourage us, especially this morning around these three questions. Lord, increase my hunger to hear what you're saying. Right? And I want to be, I want to play that prophetic role. I want to be a vessel of your truth to this world, to bring truth and life, right, to those around. And secondly, Lord, increase my confidence in your gospel. It's, it's the solution for everything. It makes sense of everything. And finally, Lord, I increase my hope, my joy, that you have this all in your hands and, and, and you've given us this incredible uh, story in detail to hold on to, to nurture, and to encourage us as the time gets closer, right? All right, here we go. <clears throat> Seven seals. Now I watch, this is John speaking, when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals. And I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, come. And I looked and behold, a white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer. Which he, uh, when he opened the second seal, I heard a second living creature say, come. And out came another horse, bright red, its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. Now these creatures are the four creatures around the throne of God that we were introduced to in chapter 4 and chapter 5. Verse 5, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come. And I looked and behold a black horse, and its rider had a, had a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, a quart of wheat for Daenerys, and three quarts of barley for a Daenerys, and do not harm the oil and the wine. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come! And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, and with famine, and with pestilence, and by wild beasts on the earth. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. And they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge, avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. And then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. And when he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth and the full moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig trees sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. And then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall in us, hide from us the face of him who's seated on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of the wrath has come and who can stand? The word of God. 
All right, that's tough stuff. And so for us to lay hold of, wow, well, how can I, how, how can I have hope in, in, in that? And, and what is important to hold on here? What is God doing in this whole thing? Well, let me move quickly to the second question. If I want to live under the blessing of revelation that speaks about, I, I have to grow in confidence in the gospel itself, in what God has done for me through Jesus this radical thing he's done. And the only, in, in reading this book, actually challenges my understanding of, of the gospel. And if I don't have a full understanding of the gospel, of both God's grace and his wrath and what took place at the cross, this glorious thing that Jesus did, that he loved me so much that he gave himself for me, gave me grace and forgiveness there. At the same time, he took upon himself the wrath that was due me. And I've got to hold both of those. They both cross at the cross itself. And if I don't, I will not have confidence in the gospel. I will be led away by popular cultural understandings of a cheap love, a cheap grace, right? That is not full and is not understanding the magnitude of what our Lord suffered for us. God's incredible love and his desire for us to be with him. And with the price that he really paid for us and for the world, this is the good news that is free for anyone to come, right, and take. And here's the deal. When Jesus, John 3, 16, we know it. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And there is incredible blessing in that whole understanding. And, and it goes on if you read chapter 3 of John. And it just says, I didn't come to judge. I came to what? Yeah. Right, to serve, to be a servant, to, to save. Right? And, um, but folks, that's his first coming. When he returns, he comes, as we just read, the wrath of the Lamb. So anything you've heard out there that Jesus is trying to redoing Jesus into this, you know, lovey philosopher kind of whatever you want to say is that you can't find it in here. You can't have the Jesus of, of, of love of John 3, 16, grace and come and, and forgive, you know, uh, the one who come to me, all you're weary and, and heavy burdened. I'll give you life. I'll give it to you abundantly. You can't have that and not have the wrath of the lamb when he returns. Does that make sense? And this comes back to understanding the cross, what he did for me. Um, and, and folks, I would just maybe throw it this way is, and when we talk to other, you know, and when we engage people right in, in, uh, in, in the world, and folks, I, I think here's something, well, there's so many things I want to say here with what's going on in our culture. I, I think it's so important right now for the church is we're not to battle the world. We're not to be against the world and, and our city and things. We're to be light and salt. As he said, when the exiles were in Babylon, God said, be there, right? Build houses, prosper, work for the betterment, for the peace of the city you're in. 
Be salt and light. Be healing. Be a blessing in that. You're to be this priestly work of, of goodness into the world. And, and I'm afraid that, boy, I, I know as I look at, over the years is that the church, too many times we, we take all of our time, right, speaking against the culture, against the things of God. Now, there's a time for that. Don't get me wrong, right? And when it comes to certain issues, but when it comes to our general heart is that God has sent his church to be a light on a hill that is to be beckoning, pleading, loving, and serving people in the community, right? With the gospel, with this incredible good news of what God has done. He is the answer for everything. He's the answer for the lack of peace. And, and I, I think maybe a, a way to wrestle with this is, is do you think, or if we're talking to someone who's, you know, not really uh, into God, um, maybe ask them, hey, do you, do you think that another person or anything in this world can satisfy your need for love? What do you think they say? Just think about the people you engage. Do you, do you think that there's things in this world, powder days, you know, living in Aspen, a job, a, a business venture, uh, whatever, whatever it is, a goal, or, do you think there's anything, a relationship, just the right relationship? If I just had friends, do you think there's something in this life that would satisfy your ultimate desire to be loved? And um, I, I think this is where we have to say, if we're honest, no, I, nothing can, there, there's something churning. I want, there, I want more, right? Um, and again, I, I, if people are really honest, you ask even the most successful people, right? It's, it's at the end of the day, when you've checked the list off of your 2022 goals, and, and you've, you know, wow, done, done, right? The bucket list. There is still a void of lack of fulfillment. There's something missing, right? And, um, and then let's go to the flip side of that. Let's just ask people, do you think that we can solve when it comes to evil? What do you think the solution to evil is? Do you think that we, as you think mankind, do you think that we have the ability to solve the problem of evil? And to really wrestle with that question, right? And, and, and the amazing thing here is the good news, the cross of Christ, he, he, he answered both of those. He answered the love that is beyond, right? That the God who created, breathed you, went to the cross for you, came to this earth for you, right? And, and, and pursued you and loved you that much because your heart, right? As the Bible says that we have this eternity set in our hearts, Ecclesiastes says. And at the same time at that cross, he took the justice, he took my, he, he, he took what I was due, right? And, and he complete forgiveness, the grace of God, this, this thing you can't find in the world, grace, it, it's only something that can be given of God, right? The grace of God. Now the problem is, is today the temptation is to take one of those things and not the other. I want the love of God. I want the love of God. I need that. I need Jesus' love. But this whole wrath thing, I don't want that. You can't have one without the other. And this is where the book of Revelation really exposes 
the inadequacy of my confidence in the gospel, if I'm not willing to come to it with all my heart and, and, and to really understand that these go together at the cross. Right? That you can't have a loving, perfect God without a God who's just and is going to bring justice, right, ultimately um, to this world. So uh, one of these passages here, I, let me just kind of go through some of this um, these four riders, these are famous, the, the apocalyptic four horsemen, right? Um, they come from Zechariah chapter, remember everything in here is tied to something that's already been prophesied hundreds of years before in the Old Testament. Now just with greater fulfillment, right? With greater, uh, again, insight, right? In us first to hold on to. And again, this is just unleashing and this rider on the white horse, well, what would that be? And let's just say the basic thing of what that is, is a, a, a white horse, general's white. That was the, you know, a, a key powerful leader. And throughout history, we have uh, right, people who've taken power and they've gone out to conquer. And we see that's gone pretty bad, hasn't it? When that gets, that power gets very focused on one person um, and we know where that's headed, right? The scriptures tells us that um, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And one day, we're going to get to it here in Revelation, but it talks about the Antichrist. There will be a leader who comes, who is kind of the epitome of all the leaders in the past who were evil, selfish, right, dominant um, leaders, right, in the world. And uh, the other horses, these are nothing new, right? We know these things have existed throughout all of, of history. <laughs> Death, war, pestilence, all of these things. The, the third one, the black one, um, when, when all those things come, we know that a result of war and all these things and, and, and confusion is inflation. And I don't have time to drill down into this whole idea of a quart of wheat for a denarii, but that's a prophetic statement that's really powerful to understand um, especially for those in the culture who heard that, is they understand things are really bad. Daenerys is a day's wage. In other words, is I can barely live off what's happening. And inflation has gotten so bad too. And it says, but don't harm the, the uh, olive oil, right? <clears throat> because the oil and the wine is, um, that's the wealthy. So the thing that happens with inflation here is the gap between the rich and the poor, the majority of the world becomes greater and greater. Inflation is dangerous. It is a result of, uh, it's, it's ultimately judgment, right? It's, it's a, it's, it comes with really bad consequences across the board for the majority of people living um, life. And it creates this great, great chasm, which uh, we've seen this throughout history. And these are just birth pains. These things should wake people up to say, man, we haven't been able to solve that issue. Right? We haven't been able to solve the, all of these issues. The pes- go down the list of things. Pestilence, right? the COVID issue. Um, these are, there's nothing new under the sun. And the, the, these should be all signs right, to a world that says, man, you know, um, the climate is changing. Yes, we need to be involved. But boy, I should rise up and have a little bigger understanding of maybe there's someone that we can reach out to. Right? Who... who who, who, who holds all this together. Maybe there's a reason for all of these things that are changing. And then it comes down to the fifth seal. And folks, this is interesting, isn't it? I just want to point something out. 
It says underneath the altar are the souls of those who've been slain. The altar is where the sacrifice was taken place. And remember, um, this idea of, Lord, increase my confidence in the gospel is is I want to stay close to the cross. Jesus, I want to stay close to understanding. And this is why Jesus says, if you follow, for anyone to follow me, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Got to stay close to the cross. Got to stay close to the gospel. I can't get away from it. And we're constantly pulled this way and that way to get away from the centrality of, of what the gospel has done. These people are close to the altar. They're close to the place of sacrifice, right? Um, dear unto the Lord. And they themselves had given um, their lives unto the Lord. And then it said, here it says that uh, the sovereign Lord, um, it, it has them crying out, sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Well, I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of retribute. That it sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? Now, folks, here's, in other words, I can't understand that unless I understand this full understanding. What I said of the gospel to understand that right now, what does Jesus say? He says to love your enemy. Says church, love your enemy. Says church, go out and love the the distraught and, and seek and, and to be the salt and light in the world. Live sacrificially, but here in heaven, right now it's done. Right, and, and and the other side comes in. Now there is this side of justice. Lord, bring justice, bring it to completion. And of course, the sixth seal is, you know, when the earth quakes and the stars move. In other words, when, uh, you know, we're concerned about rising oceans, that's nothing compared to what the scriptures say will happen when it comes to the galaxies, the stars, the very orientation of all this. And that shouldn't, again, it, 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 that shouldn't um, freak us out. There should be a sense of great hope. God has got this in his hands. And I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, and uh, so <clears throat> this final thing is, to me, one of the, the real shocking things of this text. Even in the midst of all this, the, the course of history, the course of evil, the course of man continuing to be evil and everything else, is that even in the course of all this and all this calamity that will increase at some point, is that you have people who will not turn to God. And this is just it. This is the harsh reality is that some people, they don't want God. And if you don't want Him in this life, if you don't want to pursue Him right now, what makes you think you want Him in eternity? And, and that's the real powerful thing here, right? Is that, look, we, we uh, it, it says... This is tragic. They've fallen. Hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. Hide us from the wrath of Jesus when he returns. Where, where is the Jesus? Give me grace. Um, we've gone past that here. There is a time of no returning. And, um, and so this comes to the last question. Are we increasing in hope in our understanding of the end of the world or is it just like whoa so i don't know about y'all but uh my kids kind of we binged on the marvel stuff and all that you know the different movies out there and everything why is it that across all media movies everything the story people we're obsessed with the end of the world (laughs) and the story's the same every great big epic story it just tweaked a little bit maybe you might have some 
alternate universes or something. But the story is basically the same, right? Is the world's ending and we need a savior. And we need a superhero to save us. Folks, that's gospel. Do you know that? It's just the gospel. Every great story in all the world that's ever been written or ever done, any great movie, it's the gospel. It's something inside. We just have to give people say, look, go deeper. There is an answer. There is a real story out there that makes sense of your movie story of, of coming up with all these weird things that are you know, happening. Um, but we're obsessed with the end of the world. And it's a great question to talk to people about is what do they think about the end of the world? Do you think that the world's going to end someday? And pretty much across the board, stats show that most people do. It's just built into us. Do you know that? It's built into us. So the question is, what am I going to do with that? And I'm going to either have hope, and I'm going to dive into this book and have great hope and rest under the blessing of this, or I'm going to just shy away. No, that's, you know, whatever, that's not relevant or whatever it is today, and, and move away right from that. Does that make sense, gang? Man, hope about the end of the world. That's what this book is all about. That's what this book is all about. And this blessing to live under is that we learn to hear in 2022 fresh words, have a sensitivity. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear it, Lord. Right? I want to be hungry for your word, God. And Father, I I want a new confidence in, in your gospel. I want to be overwhelmed by the magnitude of what you've you've done for me, right? So I can in turn be a priest. I can carry out my responsibility to be a light of hope, not against culture, not against what's going on in the world, but be a person out there with hope and engaging people at their soul, at their level, the level, the deep, deep level of their hunger, right? And finally, that Lord, to live under this blessing is, man, I, I'll increase my hope, God. You've got this all in your hands. You've got this all in your hands, right? And so I, I see nothing in 2022 but incredible opportunity galore. At every level, no matter what your vocation, no matter what your plans are for 2022, man, hold on to God's hand. Because he will bring his blessing, this blessing of revelation into your life. He'll give you fresh eyes for whatever your plans are, right? To open up whole new avenues. And I pray for our church. It would be a church, right, that understands who we are, right? And that we would be a blessing to this community. That we'd be involved, working, serving, right? And uh, in loving, right, these people in this community and walking alongside them. Right? With all kinds of solutions right, to whatever the issue is that God calls us to. Right? So let's just take, a, in closing, um, I think just some, just some time to... Uh, oh, we don't have the mics up here. But um, that's all right. Let's just take some time and, uh, and pray. And uh, I, I just, I'm going to walk through those three questions and make them prayers for us this morning. And everybody watching online as well. Let's just ask God to open up our hearts. So, Father, we come and, Lord, we thank you for this new year, God. And pray, Lord, that, um, Lord, we can walk with you in a new, intimate, powerful way this year. Uh, Everything we have, God, is from your hand. Everything, God. And, Lord, I pray for each of us 
Lord, this blessing of revelation, Lord, that we would be a people who hear, who hunger for your voice. We hunger for your word, God. Lord, do that. And Lord, give us sensitivity. Give us a, a, a minister's, a servant's heart, Lord, for those around us, Lord, who are just apathetic, just cold, that just don't really care anymore. There's no fire. Father, I pray that you would awaken in us that, that priestly duty of interceding for others. Lord, that their ears would awaken, their heart would burn, Lord, for you, God. And Father, I pray for each of us, Lord, a, a new sense of confidence in the gospel, a new sense of confidence of what you have done for us. Yes, Lord. Awaken that, Lord, anew in our hearts, Lord, the glory of this treasure we have in jars of clay. Nothing greater. Give us confidence, Lord. And Father, I pray just for a hope, a soaring hope, Lord, a sure hope, Lord, with no matter what comes our way, God, no matter what happens as, as, the, as we approach the end, whenever that is, Lord, that's in your hands. Lord, that we would walk with grace, with humility, with hope, Lord, that it's in your hands. And we're going to be faithful along the way because we can trust you, God. We can trust you with it all. And Father, I pray for our church body here, those things to come alive, and I pray, Lord, for a fresh sense of what it is, Lord, to walk in this community with boldness and love. Lord, as servants, humble, dependent on you. Lord, not arrogant, thinking we have it all down, but Lord, that we walk alongside people, God. As you call us to, to bring your grace, your mercy, your goodness, God. Lord, for your glory. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.